Exercise Confidence listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. In this episode, I get to chat with Helena Chohansky. Helena is a pre-dental student, and she also has been a competitive opera singer almost her entire life. Helena talks with us about how the environment in which she grew up in academically associated herself with always being seen as a number and how she really had to break away from associating herself with numbers as well, whether it be test scores, a number on a scale, or even the number associated with the calories that she was consuming in a day. Helena talks about her own triumphs and her own trials and her confidence journey and the women in her life that have helped her see confidence in action so that she can choose to do the same, not only personally, but also in the work that she does in helping to promote young women getting into the field of STEM. So without further ado, let's dive into our episode with Helena Chohansky on Exercise Confidence. Exercise Confidence listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I am sitting down and talking with Helena Chohansky. Helena, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, Helena, go ahead and tell the listeners about yourself in about 20 seconds or so. Okay. Um, so, I'm 19 years old. I'm a pre-dentistry major. Um, I'm in my second year at University of the Pacific. Um, I'm a skincare enthusiast. Uh, my love language is quality time. I'm also a proud dog mom to a six-month-old German Shepherd named Ultra. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> is your dog with you at school, or did, does he stay at the parents' house? Uh, she stays with my parents. Um, it's kind of like, I feel like it's my parents' second child, like, while I'm away. Because <laughs> I'm an only child, so, like, they needed something else to, like, keep their time you know like keep them interested and occupied so that's kind of been their project at home while I've been away oh my gosh that's great I love it so we'll dive in with my favorite first question Helena have you always been a confident individual actually no and I think for me I I feel like I'm a growing individual I'm growing my confidence um every day it's always been something that I've definitely struggled with like my self-worth my confidence and especially in high school um it was something that I really had to take kind of time to self-reflect um and think about you know where I am in life you know how I view myself um and definitely I think for me the turning point was getting involved with the Miss America organization that really was like um the point in my life where things started to kind of click and my confidence started to improve a lot what was one of the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome in your self-worth journey and your self-confidence journey this far? Growing up, I was really in a competitive uh, school district in a really competitive environment. And um, there was definitely like a lot of grade shaming. And even when I was young, like even when I was in middle school, it was a really big issue. And I think a lot of times I was in an environment where we were groomed to go into like Ivy Leagues and like really good colleges and it kind of put in my mindset like my self-worth was tied to my GPA it was tied to my grades Mm -hmm. and when I thought about myself I was thinking about myself as a number and like that's horrible (laughs) and no one should be thinking about themselves like, like that um and so I really I really had to take a step back and realize like I was so much more than my grades you know I was a person I'd like things I had interests I had hobbies you know like you're not a machine you can't just study 24 7 so for me that was like a really big um really big like moment in my self-confidence journey for sure I love the idea of not thinking of yourself as a number one of the big proponents I like to um really touch on here at exercise confidence is Obviously, um, body positivity, that's something that I've had my own um, journey with. And so knowing that you're worth more than a number can really lend itself to multiple facets, right? Because it could be the number on the scale, um, the number on a test score, right? The number of uh, maybe a mark on a job review from your boss. And so 
Did you have any quips or any like tactics that you were able to use in overcoming that mindset of being more than a number? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is something that like I'm still working on, like still trying to improve on myself because I feel like I'm very much a perfectionist. And, and when I want to do something, like I want to do it to the best of my ability, to the best I can, I want to be the best at it. And that takes a toll on you. And for me, I think a big part of that was I needed to give myself time to to just like relax, to step away from my work, from school. And I needed to do something that really just let me not think about it, just let me relax and kind of be free for a little bit. And I'm very much like kind of like an extroverted introvert. Like my social battery does run out uh, and I do need time to process things. And so, yeah, that was just giving myself some self-care time was really important. It's good that you know yourself in that way. I always thought I was an extrovert. I'm an extrovert, like, because I can, you know, kind of make conversation with anybody. And especially when I think I first started college and I, you know, was actually like working a consistent schedule, I totally was like, oh, I'm an extrovert, I'm an extrovert. And I don't remember if I like read an article or did a BuzzFeed quiz or something, (laughs) but I was like, oh, I'm an extroverted introvert because I do love my friends. I, I do love family time. I love all those things that do take up my social battery, but I do. I get drained very quickly and I need to like separate and just recharge on my own. So it's so important that we learn those things about ourselves because I think knowing yourself is an important part of growing yourself. And so, Absolutely. yeah, being able to know that about yourself is so important and and at such a young age I think that's amazing that you are able to really do that self-check is that something that you saw as an example in someone that influenced your life of being self-aware it's funny like so what you said is very kind of much what happened to me like I didn't really realize that about myself until probably like the end of high school like early freshman year in college I um there was like a moment where one of my really good friends she was like oh you know you're kind of like an extroverted introvert and I never heard that term before Mm -hmm. because like you I thought oh I like hang out with people I love to talk I like to you know like hear people's stories and have fun but I didn't realize that oh yeah I do need my alone time I do need time to process and it's not me being aloof which I think a lot of people like mistaken that for right you know every everyone needs like their time to just you know self-reflect be with themselves um and so yeah it was definitely like a big turning moment where I'm like yeah I do need myself time my self-care and and that's okay like I, I'm not excluding anyone this is this is okay this is normal and I should be okay with that oh gosh like I think another good thing to practice and I've talked about it with a couple people on the show and also just friends in my own life like practicing saying no because oh yeah yeah because it's so hard especially you you are a self-proclaimed perfectionist and I think with perfection goes hand in hand a bit of people pleasing because you want things to come off a certain way so saying no can be really hard right and, and practicing those boundaries of yeah, I'm not being aloof. I'm not flaking. It has literally nothing to do with you. It's me. And I think also you're the first Gen Z guest I've had. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) I think honestly, I think most of my guests have been um, mostly millennials. I think maybe I've had like a Gen X. I haven't had any boomers (laughs) and I haven't had any Gen Z. So one of the things I, I have noticed about your generation is actually a lot of self-awareness and a lot of self-pride in that self-awareness, which I think is great and interesting. But growing up in your generation, have there been any struggles that you have personally faced in your self-confidence journey just due to the society that you are growing up in because of the time when you were born? Mm, I think for me, like, definitely social media Mm -hmm. was like a really big impact and I'm actually 
I don't think I'm, like, normal for my generation. My parents didn't let me have social media until, like, my junior year in high school. Um, so I was very late to the game. But I do know, like, I was still on, like, YouTube and, like, other social media platforms. I watched probably too much TV as a kid. <laughs> that was probably something that I wouldn't let my kids do. But definitely, like, having that constant, like, media output really shaped kind of, I guess not necessarily my self-awareness, but definitely a lot with, like, my body positivity, um, definitely how I felt like someone should look. I'm half Asian, and I didn't see, like, a lot of half Asian people Mm -hmm. or a lot of people that look like me, and I kind of, I don't know, it just was, it's very interesting, because I had to take a moment, like, to step back and be like, I'm my own person I don't have to look like this person you know like I'm I'm very small as well like I'm 5'2 I have a certain body type and I'm not gonna look like Bella Hadid and that's okay <laughs> like and, and that that's fine and I it took me a while to be okay with that and definitely when I went to college too I really struggled with like I used to track my calories and I think that's like the worst thing you could do like I don't I don't think that's good because you need food Mm -hmm. and that's okay like you need food to survive (laughs) and I don't know why people make food the enemy and that's like something I really struggled with I needed to like okay enough with the numbers again like (laughs) I'm not a number like I'm not right calories I ate in a day so I just had to focus on like okay let's eat like whole foods let's eat like good foods that are good for our body we Mm -hmm. don't have to portion size anything like that um so definitely like yeah I would say social media and like having a lot of like influencers constantly bombarding my like self-development was probably a really big thing and definitely for my generation as well I think it's great that your parents kept social media at bay as much as they could Because like you said, even just watching TV, even a normal amount, like you're still bombarded with commercials and ads and marketing and use this to look like this. And if you want to be this way, then you need this thing or you have to be X, Y, or Z. So yeah, kudos to mom and dad. I was the kind of the same way. And even though I'm like almost 10 years older than you, my parents still were like, no, you can't have Facebook until like you're a senior or something and I don't even think Instagram started till my senior year and back then it was people just posting over filtered food pictures yes <laughs> I remember that. yeah so the way in which the way in which the social media game has changed especially in those formative years like you said high school and, and starting college is insane and I think body positivity the message has taken on a lot of different forms but I do think that one of the marks that it misses is not necessarily, I don't want to say that the body positivity movement isn't inclusive, but I would say that it has started and been more directed at one frame of body positivity of of somebody who maybe isn't small or someone who maybe isn't naturally thin. And yet it's so easy for someone who absolutely is naturally like tiny, like you, you're just a petite person. Like you said, you're five, two, it's still something that you need to be included in and, and love the skin that you're in just as much as somebody who maybe is six foot two and a size 10 or 20 or whatever. You know, somebody who's five foot two and a size two or zero is still going to have those days where they're like, oh, well, I don't have supermodel booty or, you know, I don't have like yeah. the curves or I'm not leggy, you know. So thank you for sharing that because it's really easy for somebody to be like, well, why are you upset? Like you're petite, you're tiny. Nobody, nobody's going to say anything to you. And you're like, well, doesn't matter. I still have a way that I feel and how I have to look at myself and be comfortable with who I am. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think for everyone, like we always want what we don't have, right? We, mm-hmm. we always like, mm-hmm. everyone's trying to, to get what we don't have, trying to achieve what we don't already, haven't already achieved. And I think it's hard for people to, put themselves in other people's mindsets because we always compare each other to you know our friends our co-workers you know and I think that's human nature so I think it's like it's definitely something that as a society like we need to I feel like we need to work on just being like more self-aware of other people's experiences because I definitely don't experience the world 
the same way as my parents did, as you are, um, as my friends are. So I think it's definitely important to like broaden our mind view about things like that. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing you mentioned that I really liked was back in that numbers game, right? Like not counting every calorie that's going into your body, like looking at fueling your body like with whole foods and good foods and still enjoying like natural things that of course we all want to enjoy like okay I want a milkshake today sounds good and I'll also balance it out with like a salad or like an omelet for breakfast you know and 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 focusing on fueling your body is something that has been difficult I think for me especially as somebody who I battle my weight in the opposite like I really do have to watch everything I eat and work out but also remembering food is not the enemy, like you said. Like, you literally need it to survive. And once I started looking at it that way, it, like, changed the game because I, I love working out. I love lifting weights. I love running. And I saw this thing one of my friends sent to me, and it was like, you don't work out to punish your body for the things you ate. You work out to reward it for all of the amazing things it can do. Absolutely. I mean, don't you feel so great, like, after you finish a workout? I know, like, for me, that's the same way. So, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Yes, and you actually have some really cool, like, physical feats you've accomplished in terms of, like, marathons and triathlons, right? Okay, okay. As a disclaimer, like, (laughs) I don't feel like I'm an athletic person. Like, I'm just going to say that, like, in high school, like, middle school PE, um, I was never, like, the first pick for, like, any, like, basketball, soccer, like, I'm not, um, I don't consider myself to be, like, an amazing athlete, but I do enjoy, like, just exercising, working out, and I think I really attribute that a lot to my dad, because my dad's, like, really into health and fitness, and he always wanted me to have some sort of, like, I don't know, physical activity to keep me healthy and, and to kind of introduce the joy of those things to right. me. So I really thank him for that. Um, but that being said, yeah, I did. Um, throughout middle school and high school, I did do triathlons. Um, and it kind of came about because when I was young, like I, I did a lot of sports. And I think a lot of kids my age too, they were involved in like a lot of sports when they were young. Like I did um, taekwondo. I did, like, swimming, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I did ballet for a bit, but I'm not a dancer. That one one ended quick. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I kind of – I was getting to the point um, where I needed to start, like, cutting things out and, like, start figuring out what I really, really enjoyed um, and really focusing on that. And I saw an ad uh, in, like, my local Starbucks. It was, like, this lady, and she was – starting like a local triathlon club like mm-hmm. for people my age and I was like I never heard of a triathlon um I never heard of the Ironman either so I kind of like my dad was like oh that's kind of cool um and he showed me I think they like used to televise the Ironman every year yeah. I don't know if they still do that but yeah they do yes. I think yeah so he showed me that and I was like oh that's really cool um so I joined the club And I really liked it. Um, It was really fun for me because I'm someone that has to, like, keep doing different things, like, Mm, keep mm -hmm. myself motivated. Um, And, like, for those of you that don't know, triathlon is, like, three sports into one. So it's swimming, biking, and running. Um, And I did a – I specialized in, like, a sprint division, Mm -hmm. which was you would swim, like, 800 meters, um, bike 14 miles, and run a 5K. Um, So that was, like – (laughs) <laughs> the division that I specialized in mm-hmm. and it was definitely definitely like physically challenging but I would say the thing that I valued so much about it was the mental fortitude that it gave me because you can be like in the middle of your bike like I do not like to bike like cycling is not my thing okay. if that's your thing like that's great <laughs> but it's not for me and um it was my weakest leg and I'd be in the middle of it. I'd be like, God, I really, I, I really want this to be over. And, you know, you see people, they, they drop out and they, they're like, I'm done. Oh, wow. And that's okay. And, and that's okay for them. If, if they're done and they physically can't keep doing it, then that's fine. But for me, I really, I really wanted to finish. And, and you spend a lot of time training 
And I feel like you want to do yourself that service, that satisfaction to like finish this. Um, And so I really kind of, I had to play not necessarily mind games, but I had to really psych myself up. And I think that really applied applies to anything in life. Like things aren't going to be easy um, and you really need to be your own cheerleader and really like get yourself motivated and get yourself going. Uh, And that's definitely what triathlons have taught me. And I've taken that in pretty much anything that I've done. So I really thank my dad and uh, everyone in the SBR triathlon club and community for introducing me to that and helping me grow in that way. I mean, I can see evidently right now as you're talking about it that you mentioned earlier, you know, I'm a growing individual. And you can see as you're talking how you're rationalizing like, well, I'm not really an athlete. I wouldn't consider myself that, but you totally are. Like I've, I've like, I have a quote unquote athletic background. Like I grew up playing softball and I played it up until college. I played rugby in college. I've ran half marathons, marathons, five Ks, 10 Ks, but I've never done a triathlon. And so like in that regard, like that is still such a big athletic feat to overcome, even though you don't quote unquote see yourself as an athlete. Like, you totally are. That's, that's such an awesome thing to do. And so many people never do anything like that in their entire lives, you know? So don't don't discount yourself. Don't discredit yourself. You absolutely are. It doesn't matter if you weren't picked first for soccer in elementary school. <laughs> Being your own cheerleader, I also love that. I do think that's so important because, unfortunately, there are just days where you are not going to have anyone else to pick you up other than yourself. And as you're giving yourself these pep talks, did you ever have like a specific mantra or phrase that you would like come back to for yourself? Or was it kind of just like whatever came to you in the moment? So this is going to sound, <laughs> okay, a lot of these like might sound narcissistic, but I feel like in these times you need to like hype yourself up. Yeah. So like so- sometimes like I'd be like, okay, like, you're, you're the smartest, you're the prettiest girl you know, yes. like, you're the strongest, like, you can do it, like, you're, you're the best girl in all the land, like, you can do this, um, and that was kind of, like, my, my hype, <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's my hype, like, chant to myself, and I think definitely in those moments, like, I definitely needed that, and then also, like, listening to, like, a bomb-ass playlist, I think really helps, um, I'm really into, uh, Queen Herbie right now. She's like kind of like an R&B rapper, but like all of her songs are super like motivating and like you go girl type songs. Yeah. And that definitely helps too. But yeah, you just kind of, sometimes you have to be like, you're a bomb ass bee and <laughs> that's awesome. And like, you, you should go through life feeling that way. Totally, totally. I know it is so easy to just let the negative voice take over and allow that to be truth because especially as women, I don't know why it's it's so hard for us to really believe our own hype and to feel okay with telling ourselves those things. But yeah, I know when I first I first started like affirmations about year and a half ago I think like August no I'm sorry like October 2019 I think it was and they like changed the game for me but at first it's weird because I'm sitting there telling myself like I am like I am worthy like I am worth it I am worthy of all the good things that I am working towards like I deserve every good thing I put my energy to earning and it's like who says that? Like, why would I say that? But honestly, the more you do it, the more you believe it. And that's so important with the way you talk to yourself because whatever you tell yourself, you're eventually going to believe it. So why not tell yourself how awesome you are, how capable you are, how strong, beautiful, smart you are, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think in affirmations, it was something that like my dad introduced to me in my junior year because I was taking my um, ACT, mm-hmm. for those of that are in it or already have experienced that, um, you guys can do it, but um, <laughs> I was definitely, I, I was struggling, like, I was, I was tired, I was, like, definitely getting to the end of the line, and I, and I was nervous, and my dad, he told me about this study, and I, I don't remember all the details, but it was, like, this guy, he had to take some sort of registration exam, 
And what he did was he set like a score or a goal he wanted for himself. And he wrote, wrote it down like 35 times a day or something. And he like said it to himself and he's like, I'm going to get, I don't know, like a 35 on this exam. And that's what I'm going to do. And just because he was like constantly like hyping himself up, manifesting this for himself, um, he ended up doing, getting that score. And I did the same thing and it worked for me too. So I'm a really big believer in affirmations and manifesting things. I think positive energy and positive attitude like changes everything. Um, So yeah, I I think that's like definitely a really big, I guess like big thing that I try to do. It's hard to always stay positive, but I think a positive attitude really is a game changer. It's not easy to always look on the bright side of things. Oh yeah. Especially when it's something that, in your case, an exam, right, that is daunting and you're, you're putting so many hours and so much time and days and months into studying for this thing for essentially a moment, right? Yeah. And so yeah. It and, can... and, and things can happen that day, you know? Like, you might not be feeling well. Like, there are things out of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also a thing, like, I had to come to terms with. is like, I can prepare perfectly. Like, I could be on my A game. But there are things, there are other factors that are out of my control. And at that point, like, I kind of have to leave leave it up to God. And it, and if it doesn't work out this time, like, maybe that was his plan for me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think not everything, like, I didn't get into my first choice school. Like, my dream was to go to Stanford. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get in. And that was, like, um, it, it was really tough for me. Like, I, I definitely had, like like, a few months where I was, like, I'm not going to get in anywhere, like, what's going on, and then, like, when you're in the college, like, admissions time, you watch, like, videos of people getting in, oh, and yeah. you're, like, oh, I got in, and I yeah. didn't do anything, like, and you're, like, what? Yeah, so, you drive yourself um, crazy. Yeah, yeah, you go insane, like, yeah. going through all this, yeah, so I, I definitely was, like, what am I going to do, and then I ended up, getting accepted into the the program that I'm in now the the accelerated dental program that was like such a blessing like I didn't even think I would get into that and I was like god god was looking out for me like he had my back he knew that that wasn't the place for me and that I I belonged here and Mm -hmm. this is where I was going to flourish and and thrive and he was absolutely right so I think even in those negative times like I try to remind myself that you know, maybe this happens for a reason. Like, maybe this is part of my whole plan, my whole grand narrative. In, in the end, it's all going to work out. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a, a big moment for me that I was like, you know, God's on my back, <laughs> for sure. I agree with you 100%. I mean, especially as like a kindred woman of faith, for me, I can completely empathize on being able to trust in something greater than me and in my wants and in my direction. I, I know the whole mantra thing we were talking about with scores and I was doing that because I had to take my LSAT for law school and having a day where it just doesn't go right because the first day I did it, I scored so bad compared to where I was scoring on all my practice tests and everything I was oh, yeah. doing and it's just like a fluke. It was just that day I let my nerves get the best of me and I second guessed every question and I just wasn't doing what I had been practicing so I had to take it a second time and oh my gosh, the second time I like changed my whole mindset I was like okay yes this is a big thing yes this deserves reverence and respect because this exam is difficult but I can still look at it with excitement instead of nervousness I can still look at this as wow I get to finally show you know the LSAC board like what I've been studying and what I know like bring it like let's do this and so shifting that mindset was like a big deal for me and the second time like oh my gosh my score was exactly basically what I kept telling myself like I'm gonna get this score I'm gonna get this score mm-hmm. right and then the same thing with admissions uh the first the first letter I got was a denial like sorry yeah, we don't want you <laughs> and you're like what the heck and honestly it was from a safety school so I was like oh, oh my yeah. gosh I'm not getting into any schools I'm not going to law school like why why did I even start this journey you know but um, and then as I mentioned to you today, I I got a notification like, oh, hey, we're doing an admitted students event and here's your link and you're admitted. And I was like, what the heck? Like, yeah, see, like, I think 
I, I take a lot of time, like, and I reflect on my, my college, like, application experience, especially now because I'm, like, I'm taking my DAT, um, and, like, I'm getting ready to apply to dental school as well, so mm-hmm. I'm taking, like, a lot of time to reflect on my last admissions experience, and definitely I think there's, like, so many things that we forget, like, there's things like yield protection, you know, and, and we forget, like, oh, yeah, I might have gotten rejected from that safety school, but maybe it's because I was overqualified and they, they knew I wasn't going to accept. And there's all these different factors that we forget about. And you just keep beating yourself up about it. You're like, why why didn't I get in? Like, I did everything I possibly could. Right. I was in this group and I volunteered this many hours and I did all these things. And sometimes you're not going to get in to the school but once again the school the number doesn't define your worth it's what you do with the opportunities that you're given and I feel like like nobody has asked me what my high school GPA was like going into college I thought like oh like I'm gonna have to know my GPA like my test scores like okay this is gonna be a big deal but nobody cares once you're in the next level right and like when you I'm guarantee probably when you go out like and be a lawyer super successful lawyer no one's gonna be like oh what was your LSAT score right exactly how good of a lawyer are you Mm -hmm. so it's like I don't know why our society puts so much importance on these numbers because it's not the numbers it's who we are and like it's our capability and it's our skills that make us like amazing candidates in in life and in anything it's not a three-digit number or two-digit number. Being able to holistically present yourself in whatever arena it is that you choose to succeed in is what matters. And so I want to ask you, like, why, of all the ways you could have chosen to succeed in life, why did you choose dentistry? Because it's definitely a hard career. You graduate as a freaking doctor of dental surgery or whatever you wind up getting, or a DDM, DDS, you know? So, why dentistry? Um, so, yeah, a lot of people... So, like, at my school, um, the pre-dental program is probably, like, the biggest program. So, there's a lot of kids, like, planning going to dentistry. So, we all ask each other that question. And, like, because when you think about it, like, in the medical field, I feel like it's kind of one of more obscure um like paths to follow you don't hear a lot of people saying like oh yeah I'm gonna be a a dentist like (laughs) you you go to your dentist but you don't like think you're gonna be become a dentist right um and I think for me the introduction to the field was the fact that both my parents are dentists and I, I wouldn't have even thought of that as a career path for me and probably if they weren't mm-hmm. um so I was really exposed to the field young like I knew I kind of knew what the hours were like I knew what the lifestyle was like um because I think that's also really important when considering like career goals you want to want to know what the lifestyle is like because if you're someone that wants I don't know to work this many hours but then have these many like vacation days right. that's something to consider because th- that's important you're going to be doing this field for a long time but anyways I um, <laughs> I definitely, like, was exposed to that. I knew about that. And I definitely saw myself being able to do dentistry because of my parents. Um, but I also knew I really wanted to be involved in the sciences. Like, I'm a really big advocate for women in STEM. And I think we need to see more women being involved in sciences in the medical field. And so I definitely, like, looked at my options. I definitely I thought about um, going into environmental science, environmental research, because I did a lot of work with, um, like, my local plant nursery at UCI. So I definitely thought about that. But everything kept kind of coming back to dentistry. And the one thing I really liked about it was that it's kind of an artistic science. Like, there's a very big cosmetic um, portion of dentistry. Mm -hmm. And I think someone's smile is like you forget how much importance that that holds to someone like if they have they can be confident in their smile like that changes their whole demeanor and I really want to be a part of that journey for someone like I want to be able to give someone like just a little bit of more confidence yeah like if they can just like walk into a room and like confidently smile I think that can like that can like change a lot of things for them so I definitely want to be involved in that and yeah, that's kind of how I came to dentistry. I it's not an easy path. Um, 
Jen Kim like kicked my butt for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you're probably gonna hate me for this, but I, I kind of liked Ochem. Like I liked <laughs> Ochem um, a lot more than Jen Kim. Um, so yeah. <laughs> but he, but I, I don't hate you for it, and honestly, because I mean, you know, my path initially, I, I thought I was gonna go to medical school, and so I started out as a bio major, and I, I basically did all the requirements. Um, I think the only thing I never did was physics Uh, I just changed my mind before that but I was the same way I hated gen chem and okim just made more sense to me because even though it was molecular I could see it if that makes sense oh yeah like having the visual like a spatial yeah as opposed to like just like you know equation after equation in in gen chem which was driving me crazy because it was a little more mathy and abstract oh yeah no, I hated it. So I get it. I get it. I don't hate you for it. I understand. I'm sure you far exceeded any score I ever got in either class, but. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. It's just so strange, like, especially in like, the gen chem field. I I feel like you don't see a lot of, like, women either. It, like, I didn't have a lot of, like, female professors. Mm-hmm. And I always just had this feeling that, like, when I go into office hours and I didn't get something, it would just be, like, they'd be, like, looking down on me. And I'm like, Mm. you know, like, what is up with that? And I think a lot of times, like, as as a woman, like, in in fields, like, in really, like, powerful fields, like, you're going to come across things like that. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, like, I'm completely capable of, like, doing anything that I can set my mind to, even if I'm a woman. Like, that that doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like, especially in these fields, like, that's why... I really want to encourage like more young girls to like pursue these fields, even though a lot of times like it might be male dominated. Like I have a lot of friends that are like physics majors and that's definitely like a male dominated field. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, you go girl, like you show <laughs> them, you know, <laughs> there's no reason that like you being a woman should stop you. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's like something a lot of times we need to like encourage each other as like fellow females that like mm-hmm. we can get through this. Um, you know, it's not our, our like gender that's like stopping us, you know, it's, it's definitely a mental battle for sure. That mental battle can be really daunting, but I'm so glad that women such as yourself and your mom are intentionally choosing to like pioneer these paths and, and pave this way so that, more girls can look at it without so much fear or like, oh, well, this isn't really a field that women choose and they don't choose to shy away from it, even if they're interested in it. So, well done, you. Uh, you always make me Aww. proud. Um, Aww, thank you. Of course. But in addition to the whole mental war, especially that women face, I do want to try to use that to segue into your time with the Miss America organization because you did say how much of a confidence boost that experience was for you. And that's how we got connected. You were one of the teens when I was a miss. And you've always just had a personality that is, I would say, captivating in a way that you're like, oh, I want to like be friends with her or oh she seems really great which I just I love about you you. and your spirit and it was obviously a big reason of why I wanted to have you on this show in addition to all of the amazing accomplishments that you have achieved and are currently working towards so yeah tell me more about your time with the Miss America organization how you got to that and and how it really helped your confidence I never thought I was going to be involved with the Miss America organization. Like, I, I, I grew up watching it on TV. I was like, that's cool. Um, I didn't think it was for me. Um, and, yeah, so I was like, I didn't even think that that was a path in life that I could follow. I didn't know how you'd get involved in right. that. And um, what ended up happening was I – so I'm, I'm very involved in music, and I played piano for many years. And my piano teacher, her sister – was involved with the Miss Orange County pageant, and they they were like, you know, I feel like you'd really enjoy this. Like, this would be good for you. Um, it'll like help with interview skills. Um, it'll be look really good on your college applications. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like once again, I'm I'm a small like girl. Like, I don't I don't I'm not the supermodel type. Like, I don't I don't see myself like doing that. 
and uh, and then they're like, no, no, you can do it. Like, just just look into it, think about it. Right. And I ended up looking into it, and I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, you can get scholarship money, and I'm never gonna say no to scholarship money. Of course. So <laughs> I um I signed up for for I think it's Miss Canyon Hills. I think that was the first one that I did, mm-hmm. and. Oh my gosh, it was like the best thing I've ever done. And if anyone asks me about the Miss America organization, I'm always such a big, like, I, I love it. Like, the it, the organization did so much for me. Like, it introduced me to, like, amazing women like you. Um, to, like, Cameron, Haley, Abby, like, all these amazing people. Right. And I needed, at the time, I needed, like, a group of women to support me and the group to see a group of women that were like succeeding and that they had gone through the same things that I, I was going through. And I needed that like support group. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I found it through the Miss America program, I didn't think I was going to find it through there, but I did. And that's why I love the program so much. It's because it taught me that like, we're all such different people. We all have such different backgrounds, but look, like we come together, like through this, the same organization, we do the same things and we've bonded and I've learned so much. Like my interview skills improved drastically. Like my first interview, I was like sweating and <laughs> I was, my hands were clammy and like, I definitely my hands shake when I'm nervous. Right. So like, I was trying to hold the podium, but it was, like, rattling against the podium. Oh, my God. So, I was so nervous. Um, But, yeah, like, that definitely helped me a lot. And I think the other thing, too, was my talent. And um, so, like, my talent was opera. Mm -hmm. I I sang for many years before, and I was actually a competitive opera singer before that. And what people... I think people think that the Miss America, and I think a lot of pageants, they think that it's like really cutthroat and the girls are catty and mean and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's the exact opposite. Like, I'm pretty sure you can attest that we're a family. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're all here to like support each other. And that was something that I really didn't get in the opera world. In the opera world, it's very, very competitive. And because there's a lot of girls that want to be, you know, prima donnas. They want to be, like, you know, opening center stage mm-hmm. at the Met or something. And so it's very, very competitive. And it's very, very every girl for themselves. And because a lot of girls have the same voice type as you. There will be a lot of sopranos, a lot of altos. Mm-hmm. And there can only be one winner. So it was very, very competitive. And I didn't really perform well um, in those competitions. So I kind of, I was like... it it really took a toll on me. I was like, is singing not for me? Like, and I, I love to sing, like, I love music. Um, but like, maybe I'm not as good as I thought. Like maybe, and you know, it gets into your psyche and definitely with the competition aspect, like you compare yourself to other girls and you're like, I don't have that big, like mezzo voice. Is that what they're looking for? You know? And, um, being in the Miss America program, I think, it allowed me to like see so many different girls with like so many amazing talents. And I was like, and we all just like supported each other. And like, there's tons of opera singers, there's tons of singers, but we were like, like Sophie, she was a singer and like, she's amazing. <laughs> and, and like, we would always like go backstage and like, we would like go through warm ups mm-hmm. and we like, you know, be like, okay, we can do this. Like we, we give each other pep talks. And that was something that really changed uh, my aspect it made me fall in love with singing again because I was mm. like this can be so enjoyable performing and competing can be enjoyable again because I'm not comparing myself to others this is my race you know and, yes. and, and I'm going to do the best as I possibly can um, and then my sisters I'm going to support them for them to do the best that they possibly can so yeah I love the organization I'll always back it um, I think it is so great for young women to be involved in it. Um, it it helped me pay for college. I mean, it's just it's a it's an amazing organization, and I really encourage young women to be involved in it. I agree. I can attest to that too. I did not expect to come in and make some of my best friends of my entire life, but I did, and I 
would see these women that competed before me being like, oh, they're my sisters, they're my bridesmaids, they're my children's godmothers. And I'm like, okay, like, that's great. That's not going to happen for me. And it absolutely did. I'm in a wedding for one of my best friends who I made through this organization who, when I first ever saw her and met her, I was like, oh, that girl thinks she's all that. Like, I can't stand that girl. And now she's my, my, like my soul sister, my best friend on the face of the planet. And same thing. Like my roommate was a singer at Miss California and placed up there every single year. Like she was amazing. And same thing. She'd be like, okay, let's warm up together. Like, okay, let's like listen to each other. Let's like help each other. Like, let's make sure we're going to do our best. Like, so yeah, it definitely is something that was so unique and beautiful. And I have a couple more questions for you. Um, they could be rapid fire if you want, but um, who has been your biggest confidence influencer like in your own life? It's probably my mom and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I, I am fortunate enough to have like a really, really good relationship with my grandparents. Um, they definitely, because both my parents worked full-time, so they definitely, like, raised me, basically, mm-hmm. when, when they were working. And my grandmother, I just have so much respect for her. Like, she came to this country not knowing English um, with, like, two young kids, and she, like, paved the way for them. Um, she put them, like, one through dental school, one through medical school. Um, she herself uh, <clears throat> got her CLS license, and, like, she became, like, one of the head workers at the hospital that she worked at before she retired. And she's just – and she's also a cancer survivor. Like, she's just been through so much. And she's never lost her light and just, like, her love for life. And and she's just so strong. And I think, like, I'm fortunate enough to have someone like her in my life. Um, and I always look up to her. Like, she'll even be – like, even when she was going um, – through chemotherapy and, and and it was like kind of rough she would she would still go to church and she'd like want to make sure that like her outfit matched and like that like her makeup was cute and she'd like ask me she'd be like oh like like should, should I go with this color and like she I'd help her paint her nails and like so she always just had this like love for love and life and I just seeing her go through that I just had so much respect for her and I felt like any of my problems I was like oh my god, they're secondary, because, like, look at her, she's, like, going through it, and she's, like, so happy, and she's so strong, and I think one of the things, too, it was even, even when, like, she was going through chemo and stuff, she still took the time to, like, make lunch for me Mm. when I got home from school, and (laughs) that was, like, such, I still get choked up thinking about it, because I know how hard it was for her, Mm. and, um, for her, like, to do that, it was just, it meant so much to me, and I'll, I love her so much, <laughs> um, and she's just, like, a big support system for me, and she's just, she's definitely one of my role models. Yeah, Harmony, I love you, um, but, yeah, and also my mom, too, she's, like, she's amazing. You've met my mom. I she's love like, your mom. She's the bomb. She's a she's force the best. to be reckoned with, for sure. She's, she's my um, definitely uh like she runs her own business she runs her own dental practice she's like definitely a really really strong woman um kind of someone that doesn't care about other people's opinions she's just like you know knows her path so yeah having those two strong women in my life definitely like I feel so grateful um and they definitely like played a big role in like supporting me and everything that I've done it's so I it's like just such a beautiful thing to hear when someone has one or more than one influences in their own family that are confident and bold and really pave that way for them to lead into being another confident, bold person, especially with women. I love seeing that. I know for me, a lot of my confidence directly stems from my mother, as you know. I love your mother. She's great. <laughs> oh, man, she's awesome. And 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 I know for her it came from her own confident influences in her family, from her sisters, her cousins, my grandma. And so seeing that has always been so special for me and I and I love that. I've been so blessed with that. And um for any of the listeners that maybe don't have that same um opportunity 
you can create that family. You can create that family of confident people. And that's one of the goals here at Exercise Confidence is that we give you resources and people that you can connect with and, and find a way to really cultivate that confidence in yourself and in the people that you choose to surround yourself with. So yes, I just, I love you and I love your family and we'll go ahead and we'll wrap it up. And I'll ask you my favorite last question to ask my guests, which is, if you could give the listeners one piece of advice to exercise confidence every day, what would it be? I think I'll share like my current mantra uh, with them. And it's something that I'm working on. And it's to be bold. And I think a lot of times we we get in our heads and, and, we, and we try to be reserved and we're, we're afraid about what other people think of us and we're afraid about the consequences of things. But we only live life once and you only get this life once. And so be bold, do the things that you love. Um, and everything else will like be secondary to that because, you know, you have to do what you love in life. And, and, and that, that's the, I think that's the main goal. So be bold, take everything head on. I love you guys. I love you, JR. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I love you so much, Helena. I cannot thank you enough for being on the show. I thank you for everything you shared. You're just such a light. And I'm sure I'll have you back on the show down the road to talk more about your journey because you're so wonderful. And I love you. So thank you so much. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Listeners, one of my favorite things that Helena said in this episode was, Be your own cheerleader. It's why I picked it for the title of the episode. I also love the sentiment that she shared with us for her piece of advice on how we can exercise confidence daily, which is to be bold. But being your own cheerleader can be a battle enough in and of itself most days. So I would truly encourage you to take some of the advice and examples that Helena gave with pick a thing Tell it to yourself, a positive thing, and believe it. And slowly, you will start becoming your own biggest cheerleader. And you will see the positive changes that it brings to your life. And little by little, you will surely see the positive changes that it starts bringing to your day-to-day life. Thank you for your time, Helena. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Tune in next week as I sit down with Chandler Schuyler. Chandler is somebody who actually said he would never have seen or labeled himself as someone that is quote-unquote confident, but we talk about how sometimes what we reflect in our groundedness can be something else that someone sees within us that we may not see within ourselves, sort of a humble confidence, if you will. Chandler has also recently gotten into strongman competition, so we talked about how his own past life journey and his present life journey with fitness has impacted his personal growth and his self-confidence. I want to thank you so much for tuning into this episode today, listeners, and thank you for all the time that you have given listening to Exercise Confidence thus far. We've got a lot more great episodes coming up, and I am just so grateful that you choose to tune in here and find ways for you to exercise confidence. So, signing off for today, I am JR Nasari, and I truly do hope that you find a way to exercise confidence every day.